Hey, it's Pastor Tim. Thank you for listening. I pray this message inspires you to live a life engaged in Jesus Christ. Welcome home. Can I get another amen, church? Amen. Do you know how blessed you are? You know how blessed we are as a people in this church to be able to have a group that has dedicated themselves to praising God with all of their body? That is a blessing. It's a blessing. I've been around to the other churches. I'm not comparing. I'm not saying we're better than all of them. But what I'm saying is we're blessed. Blessed. When your group gets called to go to other groups to be a blessing to them, and we get it every week or as much as we need, that's a blessing. It's been a heavy week. There has been loss, tragedy, sorrow. But I know this. God is on his throne. He sits above it all, but he also sits in it all. The same God who made and created life is able to recreate and call forth life from death. We serve that God. We hold firm to that God. And we believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that his ways are as high above our ways as the heavens are above the earth. And we don't have to understand. We just have to believe. We sit today firmly on the thrones of that belief. We are in the third of the Sabbath series. Its um, formal name is Made for Man. Its hip, cool name, if you want to hashtag it, is Bespoke. Everybody say Bespoke. Bespoke is, if you don't know, um, when you get a suit or an article of clothing, you can buy it off the rack. And if you want to go the next step, you get that stuff that's off the rack and you have it tailored a bit to your body. But the highest level, the highest level is when you buy something that's bespoke. That means you've gone to a tailor, he's measured you out, and he's fitted it just for you. It is perfect just for you. You, and that's what God did with the Sabbath. The Sabbath is bespoke for us. It's made for us. Made to be a day of rest. We talked about that. Okay? It's a reminder that we can put it in God's hands. We don't have to race and race and race and race and race and work and work and work. God provides. Now, he calls us to work. Don't use that as an example to just say, yeah, I'm going to hang. God's going to take care of him. No, no. I don't know where that came from. That was so southern. But, 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 but we're called to work because in working, we glorify him. In working, we have ministry. But the work does not sustain us. Our God sustains us. And the Sabbath is a reminder of that. Sabbath is also meant to be a day of blessing. Last week, if you missed last week's sermon, my goodness, you missed out. Go back, look at it, it's online, kanyoesdachurch.com. Check it out. Not tooting my own horn, I'm just saying, we realized in that sermon that one of the great blessings that God brought forth from the Sabbath was the blessing of marriage. And that's why the devil has fought so hard. To destroy marriages. And if we just remember every Shabbat, every Sabbath, to praise God for our spouses, then our marriages would be a lot better off. And they would start to become the thing that God intended them to be. Things of glory, things of representation of his character. Okay. We also said uh, in marriage, the understanding is also family. So we praise God for our kids. Very important. If you didn't get it last week, that's why I'm doing the recap now. Sabbath is a time where we remind our kids they are gods. They're made in the image of God. The only thing they have to worry about is holding on to him. 
They can't let him down because they were never holding him up. Can I get a hallelujah to Jairus? when our kids forget that their thinking sours it changes that's why we use this day to remind them you are gods even when they go like this I know okay okay I know you still grab them, you make them feel uncomfortable, you make them get all cringy and stuff. Like, oh, come on, mom, come on, dad, stop it. Say, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are gods. If you haven't taken time to do that to your kid this week, do it. Whether they're two or 100, uh, 102, that would make you like 122. <laughs> Chances are, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, take your child, however old they are. Ms. Garagas, take care. Look her in the face and say, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. Take little Lola Rose here. Lola Rose, do you know that you are beautifully and wonderfully made? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Good job. Your auntie and uncle are doing a good job with you. So that was the two things that God did on the Sabbath. There was a third thing that he did on the Sabbath. Do you remember what they, that was? He rested, he blessed it, and he made it, everybody say it. Holy. Everybody say it. Holy. I can't hear you guys. Say it. Holy. Holy. You see, today we are going to dig into what it means to be made holy. You see, for us to understand God, we have to understand what holy is. And one of the things the Sabbath did for us is help us understand what holy is. We're going to talk about today. The holy comes from a word, kadash. Everybody say kadash. kadash. You're speaking in tongues now. It's great. Awesome. Pentecostal. Kadash. It means to set apart. Someone say set apart. Set apart. Set apart. See, I, originally it came from the um, understanding of a person who makes a dress or a suit or an article of clothing, and they take the fabric and they take a remnant from that fabric and they set it apart so they know the pattern for the future. So it's set apart to be used in case there's a hole or something like that. They can reuse it. It's set apart for a spe special use, not to be used by anything else. I use this story when I try and get people to understand set apart. It um, happens to be a story of my cousin Maynard. Have I ever told you guys about my cousin Maynard? Let me tell you about my cousin Maynard. Uh, he's, you know, lives on the... Island of Maui, the home of all the great Portuguese in the world. They all congregate upcountry Maui, Kula specifically. Um, and, and he got a job as a temp in an office. Okay? And he was um, you know, excited to get the job. You know, Maynard keeps getting all these jobs, keeps losing them. And he goes in and says, okay, Maynard, your job is to get the coffee orders. I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist company. Don't write me letters. Okay? But you get coffee orders from all the people. And so he went around, he went to the first office, and said, Mayor, I need a decaf. I can't have anything but decaf. He said, okay, one cup decaf. Goes to the next office, says, I want two creams, three sugars, okay? Two creams, three sugars. Two creams, three sugars. Each office going in and getting the very specific order that they wanted. Okay, Mayor goes out, and there are 15 different orders of coffee. 15 different orders. And Mary's like, oh, I got this, I got this. I say, Mary, are you sure you don't want us to send somebody with you to carry all that? Bruh, I got this. Wow, in the house. That's Mary. <laughs> if you're from Maui, you understand. Okay, so he comes back and they're like, Mary, we've been waiting. And Mary has 15 cups in one hand. And he starts handing them out to the people. And they're like, Mary, these are empty. He's like, no, 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 try, try, try. 20 cup thermos all inside here. Now you're getting it. You see, when we don't understand the importance of difference, when we don't take the time to set things apart but put everything together, we miss out on the uniqueness and the blessing that the special thing was meant to be. Jesus Christ brings Adam and Eve together. He showed them the entire world, okay? 
He's showed them each other. He says, but there's one more thing. As you work this thing, as you live with each other, I want you to know that this day that I put rest in, I put blessings in, it's not just going to be for once. And then we move on with our lives. I am setting it apart. I'm doing what? To make it holy. I am holying it. So that now it will be a day throughout history, throughout eternity. We um, have 365 days in a year, approximately, because it takes about that long for the earth to rotate around the sun. We have 30 days in the month, approximately, because it takes that long for the uh, moon to rotate around the earth. We have 24 hours in the day, approximately, because it takes that long for the earth to rotate on its axis. Why do we have seven days in the week? Because God said so. No scientific reason, no postulization, no anything except God said so. Seven days because he set one of them apart and made it holy. Today we want to look at what it means to be holy. I'm going to look at a few texts throughout the Old Testament to kind of pull it together. But there are three things. Three things I want you to understand about what holiness is. What the Sabbath shows us about holiness in our lives. The first is that the Sabbath reminds us that he is set apart. He is set apart. The second thing, it reminds us that his time, his time is set apart. And finally, the Sabbath reminds us that we, we are set apart. Father in heaven, I ask that you would, as we have been waiting here for you, to receive the blessings and the rest of this day, we pray that you will also open up our hearts and open up our minds so that we might receive and participate in the holiness of this day. Thank you, Father. We ask these things in your heavenly name. Amen. If you've been feeling like everything in your life is running together, that there's nothing special or unique anymore, like the world just seems to be a hamster wheel and you're constantly stuck in the same position. I've got good news for you. God has made some things holy to break the cycle and remind us who he is. First thing today, he is holy. In making the Sabbath holy, God was teaching man, Adam and Eve, about him. Just as the day was set apart from the other days, so he is set apart for everything else. You get what I'm saying? He comes down, he says, this is the day I made these other days, but I'm setting it apart because it is holy. And then he lets them know, I am holy. And so he under they understand that there's something different about him than there is everything else. See, part of the problem with Adam and Eve was they were brought up, God breathed into them, he made them holy, and he said, oh, I have made you now in my image. I said, that's great. And they started thinking because they were made in the image of God, they were equal to God. And that their thoughts and their opinions and their feelings mattered at least as much as God, if not more. And so when God said, don't touch, they said, but it makes sense to me to do this thing. And so they mistook being made in the image of God with being equal to God, and it broke them. It broke them. And all of humanity through it. You ever get into that mistake, that position? Where you think that I am um, 
because I'm, 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 I'm walking, I'm a Christian, I'm good. Uh, the things that I think the way things should be, that's the way they are. And that's the way that obviously God wants them to be because after all, I'm one of his, so what I want is obviously what he wants. We get that thinking in so many areas of our life. And I see Christians coming to me time and time and time again and say, Pastor, I don't get it. I've been praying for God to give me X, Y, and Z. Praying for God to do this thing in my life, to give me this job, to give me this spouse, to give me this health. I want it like this. And it's not happening. Where is God? And it's one of those times that your pastor has to get kind of old school. Okay? See, the pastor you have now is a new and improved Pastor Tim. He's a pastor Tim that preaches about grace and mercy and the love of God because that's what's paramount. Amen? Amen. It's so important that you learn every Sabbath we come here and I tell you how much God loves you. Does God love you? Amen. But sometimes I got to go old school and remind people, do you love God? Because if you love God, you're going to see him for who he is. And trust that what he is doing in your life is what you need to have happen in your life. And if he doesn't give you that job, well, it's because that job's not good for you. And if he doesn't give you that spouse, you know why? Because you're going to be miserable. And if he lets you be and not the health you want to be, well, maybe that's a good thing. But how could it be a good thing? I don't know. But he's God. His ways are as far above our ways as the heavens are above the earth. That's the text for this section, by the way. It's found in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. And it says this, For my thoughts are not... Did I lose you already? It's only the first point. For my thoughts are not... Your thoughts. Someone say praise God. Because I don't know about you, but when someone gets in my way, I get frustrated. Okay? I get frustrated. I'm trying to get ready for church today, and we're like babysitting our little nephew, and he's all he's right all in my, in my way. Like, come on, I gotta go to church. Uncle, uncle, play with me. I got the car, I got the car. It's buddy. I'm so glad that when I get in God's way, he doesn't get frustrated. He doesn't get angry. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I'm so glad God doesn't think about us the way we think about other people. Neither are my ways your ways. Just because you have a way of dealing with something that works for you doesn't mean it's God's way. Just because it's more efficient doesn't make it's God's way. Okay, how many of you in here have ever gotten into huge fights with your spouse because you thought your way was the most efficient way and they thought their way was the most efficient way and you just argued and argued and argued until nothing got done? <laughs> See, what I found from God is it doesn't matter the way you go. It matters how you go along that way. And so that means you might possibly have to do something inefficient in order for Peace to come through. Now, I'm not saying, you know, do something crazy like put the toilet paper to the other side. You know, that, you know I'm not saying that. It's like crazy talk. What I am saying is sometimes we have to understand our ways may work for us in the moment, but God's ways are taking us to a different place. Okay? You know, we want to get the house clean. He wants to get our marriages clean. We want the kids to get good grades. He wants them to get into heaven. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so... You really broke it up today, didn't you? As the heavens are above the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. Someone say Amen. Someone say, praise God. Praise God. Lola Rose, you come back to church anytime. 
I remember when I was a kid, uh, my dad used to take me up and put me on his lap and in the car. And then he'd drive around and he'd let me steer, right? Anybody ever have this? Remember that for your, your dad, your, your, maybe your mom? Put you on the lap. And I remember thinking, like, after a while, like, oh, I, I've got this. And I was like eight, maybe seven. So I, I got this. This is easy. I turn here, the car goes here. I turn, I, me and dad, we're the same now. One day when um, we're, uh, uh, we're stopped and my brother's in the back seat and I'm in the front seat. This is before little kids couldn't sit in the front seat. My grandfather was driving and he ran into the store to get something. Okay? And this is also the day when you could leave your kids in the car and people wouldn't call CPS. So he, he's in there and, you see, and he's outside and he sees somebody. He's talking to them. I see him over there. I'm all, get up out of that seat. I said, I've done this before. I'm good at this. And I clicked the parking brake because I saw him do it. I said, I got this. Parking brake went down. I got in the seat. All of a sudden, the car starts rolling. And I'm like, huh, this not turning like it used to. I can't make it stop or go faster. What's going on? And I'll never forget my grandfather. It, it, it was hilarious. If you knew my grandfather, he's a very serious man, okay? Very, you know, the good guy. Loved, you know, but, but very devout, right? Very serious. And he, he's like this. He's like, I see him talking. And I'll never forget in my mind's eye. I'm driving like, my brother in the back seat's freaking out. He's like, Jim, what are you doing? What are you? He was like, I was like seven, so he was like four. He was, he was like a big baby. But he's like, yeah, grandpa, grandpa, grandpa. And grandpa's like this. He's talking to the guy. He's like, well, Jesus loves you. He looks, he's like. <laughs> and running to the car, and he jumps in. And simultaneously, as he reaches in to pull up the parking brake, he brings his hand across the side of my face. Bam. Now, it's because he was terrified, you know, and, I, 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 and because I deserved it. But it taught me a good lesson. Just because daddy lets you sit in his lap and lets you feel like you have some say in where you're going doesn't mean you're in control. Because he can reach the pedals. He knows what he's doing. And he's training you up. But until he says you're ready, you ain't ready. So often, again, we get into this mindset that because God has lifted us up and see this next to him in holy places, we're the same. God is set apart. He's set apart. He's holy. And I praise God he is. Because man, the furthest they can go is technology, okay? They can do great science with stuff. How many people here love your tech? Your iPhones and your computers and your gadgets and your whoosamagizzles? Huh? You love that stuff? Yeah. It's an app. Trust me. Go look it up. Okay. And we, 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 we can go medicine, okay? We've done great strides in medicine. I love, I love when I get a headache. I can pop an Advil and it goes away. Okay, I love stuff like that. Break my leg. Guess what? They don't got to shoot me. Okay, they can put it in the cast and, you know, be fine. Okay, hey, love medicine. But that's the furthest we can go. And when your technology stops and when your medicine stops and when your logic stops, your banking plans and your, uh, who's the, the Christian banker dude? Yeah, Ramsey, right? Dave Ramsey. Dave, Dave Ramsey's system fails you. And you're sitting there. Broke technology. Broke body. Broke bank account. There's still someone greater who's apart from heaven and earth. We have a God who's above it all. So when man fails, we don't stop there. We say, God, thank you. Thank you for being bigger. Thank you for being holy. Thank you for being set apart. And this day, this Shabbat day is here to remind us what it means to set something apart. And treat it differently than we treat everything else. Elevate it. Because in understanding that, we understand the God we serve. Who does for us what nothing else and everything else cannot do. When technology fails, he makes a way. When medicine fails, he makes a way. When systems fail, what does he do? the way because God is holy. Amen. 
because God is holy. When he declares something to be holy, it itself as well is holy. Second point is this. His time is set apart. Okay, what's his time? Well, don't have time to go through all the texts, but real quickly, if you go to um, Exodus, the 20th chapter, and you go 8 through 12, you start seeing a little things he's talking about. It says, um, remember the Shabbat, the Sabbath day, to... Now, in the actual translation, the word keep is not there. It's to holy it. Remember the Sabbath day to holy it. Because we can't make it holy. He's already made it holy. What we do is we participate in that holiness. And he tells us exactly what day it is. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all of them. But on the the seventh day, he rested. Now, I told you I'm not going to give you a bunch of rules and stuff like that in here. I'm not. But I want to tell you something. If God says something, I want to follow it. Start this thing by saying we have no doubt, hopefully, in this church that God loves you. He pours himself out for you, blesses upon blesses, rest upon rest. But here's the thing. Sabbath is one of those times where we show him our love for him. I call it date night. By the way, this subsection of this sermon, it's date night. Date night. Anybody here, married couples have date night, like a scheduled date night on the calendar? Let me see your hands. Oh, you're not married, but that's okay. You can, yeah, Isaac, God bless him. You raise your hands, I'm going to pick on you. Isaac and Katie have been dating for almost a year now. Every time they walk into the room and they look at each other, they see the, the bells go off, right? Little flutters, little smiles. It's so cute. And I'm all like, yeah, just wait. Just wait. Oh, only the married couples are laughing. The single's are like, I don't understand it. And I said, hey, if you guys have a set date night, I said, we do. I'm like, yeah. Very few married couples raise their hand. You know, when I do marriage counseling, pre-marriage counseling and post-marriage counseling, I say this. It's essential. You need to have a set time. Whether it's once a week, once a month, once a quarter, you have to have a set time. It's date night for you guys to focus on each other. Now, where did I get that? Is that just me trying to, like, you know, Shook my wife into going out and, you know, good meal. No, I got that from the Bible. Because that's what God did for us with the seventh day. He said, listen, I know your weeks are going to be busy. I told you to go out there and work. And while we are supposed to stay connected all week, okay, I want to make sure that there's once a week where we get to have date night. So I'm going to put on my finest sparkling robe, okay, I'm going to splash a little Essence Day God on the, okay? I'm going to set the table out there. We'll put blessings, light some candles. Put the music on, you know? Heavenly angels singing mood music. And it'll wait for you. And wait for you. And wait for you. Some of us don't even show up for date night. And for oftentimes, I've noticed that those of us who do, we're like, it's a nice spread you put out here, God, but um, how long is this thing? I see the ladies going like this. Yeah. The men are like, what's the big deal? I remember, it's our first or second. I told this story before, but for the new people in here. First or second anniversary, I can't remember. Um... It's our anniversary, and we're going out for date night. It's awesome. Excited. Okay. But here's the problem. The Lakers were playing. <laughs> and, 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 and it was like, you know, because it's later in the, the year, it was, championship, it, was, it was championship series. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? The championships. And not just any time. This is, this is what we live for, liquor pride. But I said, no, 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 honey, it's okay. I love you. <laughs> Please, <laughs> you're more important to me than the Lakers, of course. <laughs> so we went out, we got, you know, to a restaurant, and they had a, a bar at the other end with a big television on it. And lo and behold, guess what they were playing on the screen? Oh, my God. We were in Sacramento, they were playing the Kings, I think. Anyway, 
And so we, we sit down, and I say, oh, I'm, I'm here. I pull out her seat for her. So, oh, thank you. And so I can, like, sit facing the TV, right? <laughs> there you go. Charmer. Sit down. And she's talking to me and stuff. And every now and then she'll see me going like this. And finally, she goes, what? And she turns around, and she sees the game on. She goes, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> How'd you feel, ladies? I'll guarantee you Dayton was over after that. <laughs> but God does that for us, you know? Every week, he set apart a place in time. It says, listen, yeah, I've shared childhood blessings and blessings every day of the week. You've got your job. You've got your family. You got your, you got your, you're, you're blessed. Let me ask you this. Are you blessed in here today? Amen. Does God bless you every day? Yes. But then he says, listen, just, just, just for me. Just, just for me. I've set apart this little space and time. The seventh day of the week. And it's time for us to be together, to focus on each other. That's why one of the most destructive phrases in any relationship, especially relationship with God, is just tell me what you want. Can you imagine your spouse saying, listen, we're going to have a wonderful day. I'm going to have planned time for us to be together. And your spouse says, just tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. Okay, just whatever makes you happy, just let me know. You'll be like, what the, are you kidding me? This is the time for us to explore and understand and know about each other. You know, my wife, God bless her. She is the absolute hardest person in the world to buy gifts for. Okay? She, she, she either uh, has it all, or when she sees it, she just buys it. And so Christmas, anniversary, birthday, horrific levels of Dante Inferno-like hell. <laughs> Trying to find the gift. So when she says, and my ears are always perked up to it, oh, you know what I'd really like? I'd really like this. You better believe I'm pulling out the phone. How do I say this on my phone? Sophie, help me. Okay, good. I've got the thing that she said she wanted. Because if she says she wants it, then I want to get it for her to make her happy. Because I love her. Thank you. Now, now what do you get for the God who has everything? I mean, he literally created the universe by speaking it. What do you buy for that dude? So, hey, Lord, can I, uh, can I get you a beautiful mango? He's all, it's okay, I make better ones, but thank you. <laughs> Lord, I, I, I want to give you a song. He's like, you know, uh, I got the angels here. You're a little pitchy, but thank you. <laughs> but when God tells you what he wants... I mean, wouldn't we want to give it to him? And what he said he wants from the beginning, from before even sin came into the world. I want your time. Now, how many days a week are we supposed to worship God? Every day. Every day. Every day. It's not about worship. Every day is worship. But it's about setting apart so many people say, hey, pastor, is it okay if I do this on the Sabbath as long as, like, you know, can I go to the beach as long as the waves don't come this high? Or can, you know, we swim as long as we'll put our head under the water or whatever it is? I'm saying, why are you asking me? It's between you and God. What's the purpose of the day? Relationship. It's about growing closer to God. So does this thing draw you closer to God? If it does, hey, more power to you. I've told you about a friend who surfs. Oh, you used to own a surf shop or build surfboards. And every uh, week he'd come over to our house after church. But then, you know, he'd come over like two or three hours after church to our house. I said, bro, where are you going? Do you have to go home to, like, you can use our bathroom. It's okay. 
You don't have to go home. You know, you know, we have an extra. That'll be yours. No, no, bro. I, I'm surfing. I remember when he told me this. I was a new pastor. You know, I was, you know, devout, devout in the faith. I'm like, bro, you don't break the Sabbath? Bro, what's wrong with you? It's God's day. And I'll never forget, he just looks at me and says, Tim, so you understand, my life is constant struggle with bills, with responsibilities. I'm taking care of myself, I'm taking care of my dog, I'm taking care of my business. Everything feels like it's falling apart. I can't get out of my head. And you do fine sermons, but even then, it's all in my head. And the only time it all washes away is when I'm on that board. And so when I'm on that board, I'm talking to God. I'm connecting with him in ways I never could any other way. And it opened up the Sabbath to me in mighty ways. See, my way of connecting to God is not your way of connecting to God. Do you know why? Because our relationships are bespoke. They're unique for us. And even now I see some people saying they're like, yeah, but surfing pastor? Mm, I don't know about that. I once had somebody after I told the story say, Tim, listen, I'm a surfer. I never worship God on the surf, surfer. I, I couldn't do it. Well, then don't. It's not your relationship. See, we've made the mistake of making this day about a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's not. It's not. It's about finding our joy in the Lord. Amen. Isaiah 58, 13. Can we get that up? The people, this is, um, God is just fed up. He's poured himself out. He's poured himself out. He's poured himself out. And the people have showed up for church. They've showed up for the responsibilities physically, but mentally, they're just gone. They're gone. They're making sacrifices, but the sacrifices don't mean anything. They're keeping the feast days. Feast days don't mean anything to them. As soon as the feast day is over, they're running out. They're like, how, how much longer is this thing? Okay. And then he goes out and he says, your sacrifices are disgusting to me. Your feast days are disgusting to me. Your prayers are not reaching me. And then he hits the Sabbath. He says, if you would just keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath, how? By doing as you please. On what? On whose holy day? Is it the Jews' holy day? Is it uh, only Adventist holy day? We don't own it. Who owns it? His. In doing as you please. Now, what does it mean, you please? Okay, well, we'll understand this by the context in which it's written. Next part. If you call the Sabbath a... <laughs> Trust me, if you grew up in the church, you're like, uh, how do you do that? And the Lord's... What? Holy, holy set-apart day, honorable by what? Next slide. And if you honor it by not going... Your own way in doing as you please or speaking idle words. Okay, if you would just instead find out what makes God happy. Okay. It, uh, I've heard people try to twist this text and say, well, if you find pleasure in it, let's, you're doing as you please. And you shouldn't do that. Poppycock! The pleasure you're supposed to find in it is your pleasure in God. And, and, and I don't think there are too many young kids here at Lola Rosenhout. The reason he gave, by the way, marriage and the acts of marriage as part of the Sabbath covenant is so that you understand what it's like to find joy in each other. Two people unified, finding joy purely focused on each other. That's what the Sabbath is supposed to be like with God. And I've heard people like, you know, playing Sudoku or whatever, whatever it is, and say, well, there's nothing wrong with it. Good. Is it bringing you closer to God? Well, you can't judge me. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm just asking a question. Does what you do on date night bring you closer to your date or bring you, or take time up in the date, you know? Some of the saddest couples, you know, when they deal with them. So what do you guys like to do together? Oh, you know, we have our date time. But, you know, whatever we do to pass the time, just to get through it. Like, oh, that's sad. That's sad. 
I don't care how old you get in your relationship, you should never stop exploring each other, figuring out who each other is. Because as you grow in God, you're changing into what he's like. And because your relationship with God is bespoke, bespoke, it means it's unique and you're changing in unique ways, unique ways other than your spouse. Now you're both changing this way, but it's that time to spend together to figure out how are you changing, how are you changing? And this date night with God is time to focus on him and understand what he is. The first point I made was that God is above us. He's not part of us. The way we understand that is by spending time with him, focused on him, learning of him. Do you know of God better through reading the Bible? Then read the Bible. Do you know of God better by being in nature? Then go and hike, go snorkeling, do whatever you want, but be with God. Do you learn of God better by being with your family? Praise God, hallelujah. That's why he made family for the Sabbath. Then be with your family, but be with your family in a way that brings you closer to God. Your kids will find the Sabbath a delight when you find the Sabbath a delight. And you will find the Sabbath a delight when you find God a delight. Part of the problem is, is that we have delighted ourselves in things that fill our flesh for so long that we've forgotten how to find delight in something else other than ourselves. That's what this day is for. Oh, the last part of that. And by honor it by not going as you please or speaking idle words, then what? Then you will find your joy in the Lord. And what will God do for you? Thank you. He will hear your prayers. Oh, oh. And I will cause you to rise in triumphs in the height of the land. I will rise you up and lift you up. You see, when we draw close to God, he pulls us into it. And as he's pulling us into himself, we are rising up. We are rising above the anxiety of life. We are rising above the depression of life. We're rising above the chaos of life. All of us sitting here today are sitting here in, in, in the midst of tragedy. and something going on in your life. But you can, when you press close to God, rise above it. Doesn't mean the tragedy is not there. Doesn't mean it's not sad. But you don't have to live in it. You don't have to be overwhelmed by it. You can rise up and be with your God. Final point. Final point. Just like God is set apart and his time is set apart, we are set apart. Can I get an amen there? Ezekiel 20, verse 12. Let's go there first. Ezekiel 20, verse 12. I gave them my decrees and made known my laws by which the person who lives them obeys will live. Go on. Is that it? Okay, that's not the one. Yeah, Ezekiel 2012. You have 2011. I probably gave him 2011. The phone slipped. Okay, can, oh, so I'm going to read to you 2012, which it should be. It says this. I also gave them my Sabbath as a sign between us, between us and God, so that they would know that I, Yahweh, I, the Lord God, I have made them, you, me, holy. Someone say, praise God, hallelujah. Do you hear what he's saying to us? See, just like his, he is set apart, it's different than the chaos around him. He speaks into the chaos and forms life. Just like his day is set apart, it's for uniqueness and love and intimacy. So then he has set us apart and made us holy. Now, 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 here's the thing we always say about the Sabbath as good Adventists and scholars. You know, you, you'll find this at any great evangelistic meeting when someone's out there. They'll say, if God made something holy, who can make it unholy? And you're talking about the Sabbath, right? You know, only God can make it unholy. So if God made something holy, can anybody else, can anything else make it unholy? Now, you can use it for unholy things. The majority of the world doesn't keep the Sabbath, doesn't celebrate the Sabbath. Does that make the Sabbath not holy? It's still holy. So if God made you holy, what can make you unholy? 
What can make you unholy? Nothing. Except God. I don't think God's ever said it. He said, Pastor, no, you understand. What about if I, you know, do this? What if I murder somebody? Well, then you're doing an unholy thing. But guess what? You're still holy. Or what, 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 what if my kid gets pregnant out of wedlock? Well, they may have done an unholy thing. But guess what they are? Guess what they are? Holy. holy. But I brought shame upon my family. But I messed up. But I keep falling and falling and falling. I'm not living a holy life. Well, then stop doing that. But you are still what? Holy. Turn to the person next to you. Tap them on the shoulder. COVID's over. We can touch people again. Tap them on the shoulder and says, I am holy. And then say, and you are too. Believe it. Hold it. Embrace it. It's necessary. We're losing generations of our beloved because they forget that fact. They are holy. And they let their mistakes and their screw-ups and their unholy living cause them to forget who they are. When you find yourself there, dirtied by the life that you're living, Remember what God has called you. You are what? Don't let the devil fool you or trick you, discourage you. Reconnect with God. Be what he called you to be. You have been set apart for God. You're his. He bought you with a price. You are not your own. So live holy. Well, how do I live holy? Well, you keep the Sabbath by spending time with God. You trust in God above every other thing. And as you draw closer to God, you draw closer to your purpose. You draw closer to living the holy life that you are. I got a little secret for you. You're never going to be perfect the way you may think of perfection. Not until heaven. And even then, I'm not quite sure. But you've still been declared what? The blood of Jesus Christ, his grace and mercy covers every inch of your body. It's big enough for you to get under. His blood has cleansed us. And we are holy. So be holy. Part of the problem is we keep setting apart the wrong things in order to get things, space in our life. So she came to me one time and she's like, Dad, oh, I lost all my reels. I don't know what that means. And she's like, oh, I made reels. They're, they're called reels. And they're, they're like videos of me saying stuff, and they spend all this time, and they're so important to me. I've lost them all. I'm like, well, why? He's like, I don't got any space on my phone. I'm like, where's your face? So, well, I had this game. I put this picture. I did this. And because she was filling her phone with junk, I say, so you got to look at the, 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 the size of these games, Okay. You know, you get a game that's supposed to be like Pong, and it takes up 98% of your space. There's other stuff going on in there. You guys know that, right? The free stuff, when, whenever you buy something free or get something free, you're the product. They're stealing stuff off your phone. They're giving it, selling it out to other people. Okay, it takes up a lot of space. And we lose the things in our life that are real, our reals, our peace, our joy. confidence because we haven't made space for the reals. We filled it with games that we play 
games that the devil uses to come in and steal other stuff from us. The Sabbath is this time to remind us that we are holy and we need to set apart in our lives things that do not fit so we can set apart in our lives the things that are of God. Let week, don't let a week go by without looking into the eyes of Jesus and to remind yourself how he sees you. So that you don't have to live in the pain of your reality, of your worldly reality, but you can live in the joy of your heavenly reality. You are holy. This is his holy day. Hear his call. Focus on him, because in him, you are holy. Let me hear you say it one more time. For yourselves, for your kids, for your spouses, for anybody and everybody in here, for the enemy who's still trying to keep you trapped up and living in the lie. Let me hear you say it. Say, I, I am, am holy. Thank you for making us holy, Lord. We ask forgiveness for where we've treated date night like a job or an obligation. Lord, let us find our joy in you again. Rise our spirits above the mess of this world. Lord, we lift up every family who is going through pain and suffering and loss. We ask that you send your spirit to comfort to heal and to remind them that you are the resurrection and the life. We thank you, Father. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support this ministry with your time, treasure, or talent, please visit our website at kaneohesda.org. Have a blessed rest of your day.